This is Off The Bench. The biggest names in Aussie sport are here every weekend for Bob Jane T-Mart's number one tyre and wheel specialists. Yeah, welcome to Off The Bench. Jason Matthews here for another weekend's edition of the show. It's where we have a look at the best bits with badge and sats from out from throughout the week. And, uh, of course, Origin Week. Some of the big names on the show. Fatty Vorton uh, joined us after Queensland won Origin number one. Matty White, who calls Rugby Nation for us here, uh, gives the uh, Wallabies a dressing down. And Trent Copeland, do you remember that? Last week, taking all those wickets. Well, he joined us as well for a bit of a chat. But let's kick it off with the boys, Badge and Sats, and their review of State of Origin number one. Now, now, well, here at uh, on the station, on the network, we did, uh, we did three calls. We had a Blues call, yep. a Maroons, and a Neutral. Now, you were the Neutral, weren't you? I was. So the Blues... And we've, we've got – Woogie's done up here like the last 30 or 40 seconds of the game, and you can compare the tone of the voice on the different calls. Um, the Blues call, that was uh, Jimmy Smith and Blocker Roach. Yes. Not sure who else. Um, that was it. But, but have a listen to the end of the game with them. Six seconds remaining. Last chance, New South Wales. They're all over him. Where's the six again rule? Gets up, plays it. Here it is. Six again. Last play. No play. New South Wales don't get the play. Why did they not get the play? Why did they not get the play? Queensland win the game. You can't stop the game like that. The play the ball was happening. Queensland win the game, but New South Wales robbed at the death. You, you can, hear, you can actually that, hear the that, hooter in the background. They Look, I've got to say, if that had happened to Queensland and they were behind, there was one play left. They actually played the ball and passed it, mm. and the referee said that's time. And then the then the hooter went. I I would have been filthy as well. I understand that. Oh, it was it was weird. Well, explain. You very won't hear soon. it in my call because in the Maroons call, I just went. How good is that? They don't get the last play, yeah. or I just you know. I well, explain really amazing. soon why the why the full time was called by the on field referee and not to. by the siren. But uh, yeah. right. So that was the Blues call. They weren't very impressed at the end of the game. Mark Braybrook and myself on the Maroons call. Here it is. Across field, Walker. Now Keary. It comes to Walker. Now Whiten. Yes, good tackle. Who was that? It wasn't Dane Gagai. Gagai. Again, it was. That'll be it. There's only a second to go. Play the ball. Here's the last play. The referee. It's full time. And Queensland have scored a remarkable win. Another courageous Queensland victory. Yeah, I, I did get excited and I was yelling into my microphone <laughs> too much about that. I yeah, over the top of Mark's calling try. One of the first things I I was uh, told as a commentator back you know, a long, long time ago, back in the early nineties, when even when I was playing and I got into the commentary, especially when there's a big play and a try is being scored or they're very close to the line, leave it to the main caller. We want it to be clean and to hear him, and then we can have replays of it. Well, I just couldn't help myself last <laughs> night. Every time we scored, or even when they scored, and I was I was. Blowing up. 18-14, of course, uh, to uh, to Queensland. Come back from 10-0 down at halftime. Up 18-10. And then that late try to Josh Adokar with four, four or five on the clock. Gave the Blues a last chance. And on the neutral side, you called the game sats with... Joel Kane. Joel Kane. And Brett Noddy Kamali. Okay, I think you all three of you get a, get a go on this. This is it. New South Wales, last throw at the stumps. They've got an extra man. Here they come, left-hand side to Cody Walker. Walker gets got, it away to Tedesco. Right. 
great tackle from Queensland. They're going to just lay on. Just lay, lay on, on, lay on, lay on. Daily Cherry Evans. He's called time. That's it. On the right hand side. No! He's called time. They've won it. Queensland in the city of churches have prevailed in Origin 1. 18 points to 14. They trailed 10 points to nil. And gentlemen, what we've seen here tonight is a famous, famous Queensland victory. Joel Kane's trying to be neutral there, but he was hurting as a, as a New South Welshman. Uh, and you added a lot of balance to that mm-hmm. commentary throughout the night, Scotty Sattler. In the neutral call, but you could just see the difference there. It was, a, it was an amazing game, the second half especially. I, I've got to say at half time, I thought that is a pretty crappy first half of footy in many ways. Too many mistakes, but yeah, you said before, Sats, they were rusty. A lot of players hadn't been out in the Do park you know, for a while. I was trying to explain it uh, this morning to a, a couple of a couple of my friends, and they said, how did you look at the game? I said, Do you, know what I, you know, my... My second love is boxing, and I, I use the analogy around bo- uh, two boxers. And there's one boxer which was New South Wales, who's fast. They're you know you're flamboyant, hard to catch. They get points in the early rounds in fights, and they look like they're cruising, they're going okay. But then you got the other fighter who was Queensland, who's who's knows his way around the ring. He's uh he's uh, stalks his opponent, and then all of a sudden he corners the opponent and just breaks him down internally. And I looked at that game last night. It was that's what it was like. New South Wales were very fast. They were flashy. They were Ball movement was beautiful in the first half, mm. and uh, they looked really impressive. They probably should have been up by more than ten if it wasn't for a Dane Gagai tackle on Daniel Tupou yes. in the first half, um, where he made his way from from marker to put him uh, into touch right as he was about to score a try. So based on that, Queensland just that's what they did. They stalked them in the second half. They just broke them down, New South Wales, and and I've got to say, Daly Cherry Evans' poise to be able to hold himself. So composed in the moment when he missed that really bad early goal oh, that from Nelly in front, horrible to kick those two kicks from the sideline, use the window to his advantage. It's uh, yeah, they're, they're all about these little key origin moments that we're going to be reading and, and watching for many years to come. And there are players there that mightn't get another chance again because of injury or for whatever other reason. Uh, and that could be Kurt Capewell, outstanding. Reminded me of that great performance of Ethan Lowe's last year when his one and only origin game he won't mm. play again, he's retired now. It was the best game of sitting play, probably the best game of his career. And Kurt Capewell didn't aim, aim up. You could say out of position, he's, he's not really a centre, he's a back rower. Had a groin injury, he just gave everything. And they had to take him off at the end because he was becoming a liability defensively. But that was a, a, an amazing, amazing performance. Now, the first question when, you, when the game's finished and you wake up this morning, the, the greatest debate also is from the losing side, New South Wales. The first question is, what changes do you make? That's going to make up our hot topic Tonight, so zero four double seven seven three six seven three six. New South Wales fans, do you need to make any more changes, yeah, or do you jersey. keep the same team? Change yeah. the jersey. I love the Queensland nineteen eighty jersey. Very traditional, wasn't yeah. it? New South Wales jersey. There's been a lot of criticism about the New South Wales jersey. Mm. What about Queensland think, fans as well? Do you think there needs to be a change? I think there needs to be a change in the Queensland side. I think the Queensland jersey. The only other thing I'd do is I'd have a big slab of that white powder across the front like Arthur had. That was that uh, hand resin, yes, wasn't it? Yes, that would be there. And maybe you'd have your sponsor through the middle of that. I know they have to have your sponsor. <laughs> That's the origin news for Toro's big spring clean. Get 0% interest across the Toro range in store. Now, time for our footy update. Sports Day, Sports Update. 
Uh, some players that, yeah, you said some changes. There'll be forced changes to the New South Wales team and the Queensland team because Cameron Murray's been ruled out. That yep. hamstring injury, he was only on the field for about a minute. That was a real blow. He, he adds a hell of a lot to any side that he plays for. He's been ruled out for the rest of the series. And bad news, some late news. Queensland fans, AJ Brimson, one of the stars last night, scored that early try. He's been ruled out for the series with a foot injury. Lynn's, Lynn's Frank injury, which requires surgery. We were debating whether where they, what they're going to do with Val Holmes coming back and Brimson. I just said he has to stay there and Val will have to play out wider in the centres. Well, there's the obvious replacement. Yeah. Val Holmes back to fullback and he's a he's a real star there. But it was a great debut by AJ. Outstanding. His um, positional play was amazing. The way that he injected himself at speed. He, he reminded me a little bit of Darren Lockyer really early on when Lockyer came into first grade when he just used to rely on his... Just his blinding speed. Yeah, take pet players on. Yeah. And, yeah, um, he, was, he was good. He, he almost went over early. You, you talk about Cam Murray. I thought that was, I thought that was the key moment for New South Wales that um, they were going to lose the game. Is when they lost. They lost Cam Murray. I know it was in the first half, but if he was able to stay on the the, the ground, he just brings that different burst of energy yeah, through breaks, the middle of the he field. Breaks you open. Yeah. So and he, he quickens the play the ball up. He's he's. Got so much to his game that when he went off, I thought New South Wales lost a lot. Now, the next question will be, who replaces him on the bench? Because they have got some pretty handy replacements. Mm. Mm. Oh, I think there'll, there'll be a few changes there. And they're talking about 5'8", and Luke Keary not being able to really stamp his authority on the game. Did they get it wrong between him and Walker? Or even Jack Whiten, who couldn't get in the game, could he? Yeah. Um, Dane Gagai was all over him. Now, I've got list- we've got listeners who are eagerly awaiting Satch, your explanation as to why... Mm. The referee called full-time early. Okay, so the referee does is not gauged by the siren that goes off at the end of the game. That's more or less for the fans. He's not waiting for the siren like no. everyone else. No, he, the, the clock that is on this big screen is not the gauge of the game. It's, there's actually a timekeeper by the, the referee's coach. Keeps. You're saying it could be different. Yeah, so there's, a, there's no. an official that actually times the game. Now, 10 seconds to go... The referee, the on-field referee and the linesman are notified there's 10 seconds to go. Then it says nine, eight, and then they'll say full time. He called it based on the communication through his In ear his ears, as yeah, opposed I, to the siren. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I can't believe it's happening in this day and age that we don't have two formats of time that are that are not aligned. Yeah, it, yeah. it is strange. That's the excuse. I... I it's a valid excuse. I would for New be South filthy, Wales, as I said. Filthy, and, and, exactly. And I, I, I said the same. I'd be dirty if it happened to Queensland, and they were in that predicament. We'll never know. They mm. might have been able to just make something happen. We saw it in that 2015 Grand Final, didn't we? With the yep. Cowboys' last play, and we've seen it many times in the Origin Arena, where a last gasp try wins the game, yeah. snatches the game. They didn't get that last chance, and that's why they wouldn't be. Uh, wouldn't be too happy. Um, now, yeah, Brad Fiddler's going to name his squad uh, on Friday, tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Which is weird again, isn't it? We're normally waiting for a week, a game, a round, and then after that we get the team named 10 days out from the, the game. But, of course, they're backing up every week. That's going to be difficult. A lot of those players that haven't played in a while are going to be very, very sore. So their recovery, the work they do in recovery, sounds... Sounds like they're just going to go for a sleep and a rest and a walk, but they have to do a, a, a bit of work in the next few days to make sure they... Beauty, now before we get to the break, Sports Day's performance of the day for Giant Bicycles, we're still riding with you. Oh, that, you're talking about 
Robert Jennings. Ro- he's gone you? to Penrith. He's yeah. gone back to Penrith mm. after stints at South and uh, and West Tigers. But um, you wanted to mention Christian Welsh's brother. So it's Outstanding in last night, but this is really funny. Before the game last night, Christian Welsh's brother, who was in Adelaide, uh, was interviewed before the game and he was asked how he hoped his brother would go. Uh, yeah, all right, but not too right. I'm currently number one child at the moment. I've had a really good year for the first time since 93. Um, so it's been good, but I don't want him to go too well. But, like, just all right, you know. So got to get mum and dad back on side, so it's been great. So you support him, but only a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I want him to be, like, you know, not the worst player. Certainly not the best because <laughs> it's not good for my own personal brand. <laughs> and, and personal he, brand. He was up with the best. He was he very was outstanding. good. Christian yeah, Welsh really in his uh, second origin. This is Off the Bench. We'll be back soon for Bob Jane Tmart's number one tyre and wheel specialists. Celebrating 40 years of state of origin with Brighton's Lawyers, we take a journey through Greater New South Wales in towns of origin, celebrating where some of the greatest origin players to proudly wear blue hail from. Newcastle is home to Brighton's Lawyers and Blues player Matty Johns. The 5'8th played 176 games for his home team of Newcastle Knights. He then had a stint at Wigan overseas and then back in the NRL at the Cronulla Sharks. From 1995 to 1998, Johns played four games for the almighty Blues. He was also capped nine times for Australia. Bryden's Lawyers are the major partner of the Bryden's Lawyers New South Wales Blues. At Bryden's Lawyers, we do more for you because we care. Call us today, 1-800-848-848. We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane t Tire and Wheel Specialists. Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench. you got Jason Matthews here. And, of course, during the week, uh, State of Origin number one, Queensland. Great win, 18-14. And a very happy Paul Fatty Vorden, uh, Queensland origin great, joined the boys. So there, how, yeah, how, how are you going 24 hours later, mate? How are you mate, feeling? I've never, be, never been better. So proud as, a, as, you know, to play for the state and coach them and then to watch what those young lads did last night was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And, and you know, the, the best part of it was the last 10 minutes, you know, when New South Wales were starting to... When, uh, what's his name? Walker came on. Uh, he, he lifted them, the South Sydney 5 He was terrific, Cody Walker. And, uh, and they, they upped the ante again, the Blues, and we just hung on and we kept... They kept turning up. They just kept turning up, making tackles, right... Yeah, it was it was just gold. Their, their line was unbreakable, and uh, yeah, it was, I was very very proud. I was sitting here actually in place on my own, but my wife's down in Sydney at the moment. So yeah, I just had the whole place, and I was yelling and screaming and cheering on every tackle. It was so good. Now, when you took over the coaching in '95, Fatty you had a lot of debutants. You might be able to educate us on how many you had that year. And- you would have been you would have known what they would have been feeling. A lot of the debutants that played last night. Now, just to single out one of those debutants playing out of position, what did you make of Kurt Catewell's game? I thought he was the man of the match. <laughs> I really did. I, look, he, you know, I was t- uh, talking to Ben Walker during the week. Now, Ben coached Kurt yeah. at Ipswich a long, long time ago, and he tells me he's never ever played centres, right? Never. So to, to be thrust into the centre position. Um, in an origin game, wow, that's a big call. Because it's, and he made he probably made half a mistake early, and they scored. He came in when he maybe should have stayed out. And at that stage, I was thinking, my God, this is going to be thirty or forty, you know. Um, but he, after that, 
he was impeccable. And and th- th- see, this is an example, just an example. And New South Wales people scoff at it. And I was Gallon last night was saying, no, it's all crap. There's no spirit. Blah blah blah. This is what um, order, or, uh, ordinary journeymen players turn into when they put on a Queensland jumper. And there's a perfect example of how Kurt Capewell played last night. He was absolutely outstanding. I mean, he set up that try. He just pushed um, Gutherson out of the way. That was a mismatch. And then set it up with that kick. I've never seen kick in general play before. Yeah. Um, and, he, and his tackling was outstanding. He crunched a few blokes. He, he made, I think, 150, 160 metres on the night, which is in our top three or four. Yeah, I, I thought he was absolutely terrific. Really, really strong. And, and, and he had- the, it just flowed on from there. He had plenty of teammates in the uh, in the same boat, and plenty of those debutantes, you know, Coates and Brimson and Sammy and Collins, and and it reminded me so much of that team of yours, Fatty, that uh, was never supposed to win a game, let alone all three in '95. Remind us some of those names of those players. I know you mentioned Maddie Singh a bit, who did the great job oh, out Tony wide. Tony Hearn, Wayne Bartram, T- Tony Hearn, Wayne Bartram, Terry Cook. There you it's, go. It's like Craig Teeben, they were outstanding, they weren't now? they? Terry yeah. Cook and Craig Teeben, where are they now? Yeah, but they, it was just... they did a great, great job. Um, you know, they were all... Benny Eichen, who went on to play 17 Origins. Yeah, it, it's, it's similarities, no doubt about it. Um, that team last night was probably still more polished than the one I had, but, you know, <laughs> it, it all comes down to... It all comes down to guts and determination. And I actually thought... You know what? When we had the ball for about the first, what, 10, 15 minutes and we were camped on their line, we were playing like Tugan Seahawks under 12. It was, <laughs> it was seriously. They, were, they had no idea what to do, how to get over the line. The ball was going all over the place. No one was running forward. And it was awful. Um, but halftime came and uh, Bennett made a couple of changes. On went Lindsay Collins. On went um, Jai Arrow. And I thought those two in particular in the second half really mm. punched in hard right up the middle of the, the Blues and they had no answer for it. They made easy metres and they were terrific, those two in particular. And then uh, Big Papa came back on, Josh Papali, and, and look, they just finished them off beautifully. Sometimes was, when you're a coach... Can you believe it's 37 years that he made his... Or 33 years that he actually made his origin debut as a coach and he's still coaching yeah, at that 19, level? 1986, yeah. 86, 86 it was. 86, 86, 86, 86, 86, 86 yeah. yeah. And they got beaten 3-0. And then we lost the first game in 87. And, and, and then so game 287, I don't think I've told this before, but Dick Tossiterna, our legendary manager, grabbed Wayne, took him down the park and said, mate, you have to realise if you get beaten in this game tonight at the SCG, you'll never coach Queensland again. Anyway, we're down 6-0 after 20 minutes. <laughs> How do you think you think it was going? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what? We, we, we ended up winning that 12-6 with the great Gary Belcher at fullback. We scored three tries to one, never kicked a goal. And then, uh, of course, we won an 87, uh, 10, uh, the third game, 10-8. And he never looked back. He never looked back. He's, mm. uh, you know, it's been a while since he has done the job. But, you know, he was probably perfect for the role. And, you know, I'm glad to see he enlisted the help of, of Mel Meninga, you know, who was probably our other great coach. I mean, yep. yeah, and, and Arthur Beeson was a great coach. I mean, Arthur coached five series before wins. So those three coaches, you know, they are origin legends. It's absolutely fantastic. But they did the job last night. 
The boys were fantastic. We, I thought our worst player was probably a seven out of ten, and that's you know that's that's a great mark. If you get if you're a seven and above, you've had a great game. They all played so well. Jake Friend, like how good was he last yeah, night? Yeah, I'm, a big, I'm a big I'm a big Harry Grant fan, and I think he adds so much, especially with his speed around the ruck. But I can see why they went for a guy who's you know in his 30s, playing his first Origin. He's got experience, right? And that and he used that last night. He was so good, Jake Friend. Yeah, you play plenty of Origins, one yeah. Harry Grant. Now, yeah. we love listening to stories, Fatty, whether you're a New South Wales or a Queensland fan, about about players that when they put that jersey on, they become something special. Dane Gagai, again, one of the best in a Queensland oh. jersey. Is there a player that springs oh. to mind for you when you're coaching or playing that just went to another level when, as soon as he put on a Queensland jersey? Well, I mean, Wally Fulton Smith's one of my favourite players. Like he played, he played twelve Origins. Yep. And uh, he he actually in 1983, I was room with Paul McCabe. He went down with, uh, he was crook, uh, food poisoning. So they found Wally Fulton Smith was playing. He just played about ten A grade games for Redcliffe, and in, in he comes. And maybe hardly said a word. And I'm looking, and he weighed he weighed about seventy eight kilos. And mate, he, he went out and he played a blinder at Lang Park, and we won. And then he got picked to go to uh, in, the, in the Australian team that night. We went to New Zealand. He played two tests. But he was the man of the match in his very first Origin play. And I just saw a bloke, and, I, and you know, like all of us, we all think that, and I believe it, that Queensland jump is mythical and it's got power. Um, and and I, Wally Fulton-Smith is one of those guys who just, you know, went from... Just a probably an average club player, a good club player, to a dynamo. He, he was he would cut blokes in half when he tackled. Mm. And there's a million of them, mate. Brian Needling was the same. Brian Needling was a great second row. Trevor Gilmerson was the same. Trevor, like we weighed about 150 kilos between us in the back row, <laughs> uh, you know. So there's, there's so many players. Greg Dowling was a mate. Greg Dowling. I had to pick a best ever over 40 years team for Channel 9. I don't know if it's been produced anywhere yet, but, mate, Greg Dowling's the first player I picked. He, he played 13 Origins, but, mate, he, his work rate, his ethics, and his skill level, he, he kicked for tries, he grabbed kicks for tries, yeah, uh, and, mate, he was, he, was a, he was a monster at Origin. Absolute star, Greg Dowling. What a player. Yeah. And I'll tell you another one. We're talking to him right now, Scotty Sattler, a bloke who just gave everything for Queensland. Fatty, great chat, catching up with you. Before we let you go, uh, we've got to get our feet back down on the ground the next few days because the Blues will definitely be better in game two, won't they, in Sydney? going to be a tough one. Yeah, tough look, one. I, you know what? I think um, Brad might have made a couple of errors. When, when you look, like, where have all the centres gone in the world? Because, um, you know, we had we had a, a back row, a reserve back row playing in the centres. They had a five-eighth and a full-back. Clint Gutherson's never yeah. played centre. When he, he started in grade at uh, Manly, he was a winger. Then he, then he found his spot uh, at Parramatta at full-back. I think he's played a little bit of five-eighth. He's never in the centres. And as you know, Batch and Scott's centre position is the hardest place on the field to defend because yep. you've got so much happening and so much co- coming at you. You've got decisions to make which reflect what happens on the inside and the outside of you. So, mate, it was a tough ask for Jack White and again... They got away with it last year with White and, and Travojevic, Tom Travojevic in the centres. But last night, no, it didn't work. They need to pick, to me, Crichton. That's Stephen Crichton from Penrith. And uh, what's the... From Zach Lomax. Zach, from Zach Lomax, mate. He, he's a beast. Yeah. And he hasn't missed a goal in, in two years. 
He doesn't yeah. miss when he goal kicks. Because at the moment, Nathan seems to be a bit off with his kicking. So I'd be bringing those, those sort of guys in, mate. Yep. Hope not. And they'll come back. Don't worry. I saw Freddie had a, he was having a good stern talk to them uh, last night in the dressing room. Yeah, they'll be back. They will be. Righto. Fatty, great for, uh, for giving up some time tonight, mate. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. And okay. we did get a quick text from Kev from Epping. Why wasn't Fatty in the commentary team and will he be there in games two and three? Oh, yes. No, so what happened? Sorry, um, I've, got, I had a skin, I've got a skin cancer on the face, um, and, it's, and so I had a biopsy about three weeks ago, and they said it's turning cancerous. So I went to a specialist, and he's given me this cream. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Effudex. Well, mate, <laughs> it, it it virtually strips your face of skin, and I oh, mate, I am horrendous at the moment. <laughs> and for three weeks, oh, mate, but that's why your wife's gone away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, mate, she, she said, if you refuse to wear a mask, I'm going. So, mate, it's been that bad. It's been that bad. And, and you won't get a start, Fatty. You won't get a start for a while. Oh, mate, yeah. I'm, mate, I'm unjumpable at the moment. It's horrendous. <laughs> so, mate, I, I was that bad. I couldn't possibly go on here. The skin's all taut, and, it's, mate, I can hardly speak. So, it's, oh, it's actually... So after, yeah, I did it for 14 days and that was enough. So hopefully it's healing now. I'll be back next Wednesday night. Good man, Fatty Vaughan. Thanks for joining us, mate. We'll always, catch up with you soon. Pleasure. This is Off The Bench. We'll be back soon for Bob Jane T-Mart's number one tyre and wheel specialists. Celebrating 40 years of state of origin with Brighton's Lawyers, we take a journey through Greater New South Wales in towns of origin, celebrating where some of the greatest origin players to proudly wear blue hail from. Newcastle is home to Brighton's Lawyers and Blues player Matty Johns. The 5'8th played 176 games for his home team of Newcastle Knights. He then had a stint at Wigan overseas and then back in the NRL at the Cronulla Sharks. From 1995 to 1998, Johns played four games for the almighty Blues. He was also capped nine times for Australia. Bryden's Lawyers are the major partner of the Bryden's Lawyers New South Wales Blues. At Bryden's Lawyers, we do more for you because we care. Call us today, 1-800-848-848. We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T. Mars, tyre and wheel specialists. Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench. Jason Matthews here as we look back on the week and we get the best bits from Badge and Satz's interviews. And they caught up with Matty White from uh, Rugby Nation here on the radio station. And, geez, Matty White gave the Wallabies a dressing down ahead of this weekend's Bledisloe Cup. And Marika Carabetti on the left-hand side clutches onto a floating pass from Reese Hodge. That's forward. And goes over, but it's forward. No try. Game over. New Zealand have won at 43 points to five. And for the 18th year straight, the Bledisloe Cup remains in the hands of the All Blacks. Wallaby showed some fight, but you just cannot play like that against the best team and the best sporting team, I would argue, of all time in the All Blacks. Well, there wasn't too much fight and there wasn't too many highlights as, as well for the Wallabies. And that man's voice that you could hear is uh, the man from Rugby Nation calling that game and he's with us on Sports Day. Matty White, how are you, Matty? Evening, guys. Really good, thanks. Yeah, it was, um, it was, a, it was a fascinating game of, of rugby union and it was really a game of two teams. You know, we always say a game of two halves, don't we, yeah. in footy? But this was, this was a game of two teams. And, and just listening back to that call there, um, 
it still was an exciting night, which sounds a bit weird given it was such a, a lame performance from Australia. But if you took those gold jerseys off that team, if you can imagine that game where you don't have to worry about looking at Australia and getting the frustrations in, in some perverse way almost, hmm. I got a kick out of the performance that the other team put in because it was like a Ferrari on the other side. The New Zealanders were absolutely amazing. They were outstanding. And in that sense, it was a good game of rugby union. It was, an, it was a match that they performed at the highest of high levels. Um, and whilst that Ferrari was purring, the other side turned into a train wreck. And, and that was the, the clash and the, the outtake that I got as I, as I left ANZ Stadium on Saturday night. Yeah, you're right, actually. You, you can't help but sit back and admire the way they play, especially you know, Richie Mwanga and the, and the Barrett brothers. Uh, simply outstanding. What they, weren't they? But for the Wallabies, Matty, can we use the excuse of youth towards that loss and where we're looking forward to when we move into a, a World Cup year in a, in a couple of years' time, 23? No, I don't think we can. And I think the excuses, the time for excuses is up in Australian rugby. This whole we're working towards a, a World Cup thing just doesn't wash anymore. Um, the Australian loving, rugby loving public uh, are over that, to be brutally honest. You know, um, they're overseeing the press conference at the end of the night where Michael Hooper and co have got to sit there and explain about how they need to be better and how we need to work on this and how we need to make sure that we control the ball. You fellas both know that if you need to do something and you go out there at match time and you don't, you know, you haven't worked on it, you're not going to do it. And if you're not going to do it, you're not going to win. So for, for me, what, um, you know, what Australia is really facing here is, is a bit of a turning point. Um, I think they would have sat down today and hopefully had a brutal um, video review where the time for excuses and saying, oh, you know, we had young blokes in there, we had four debutantes, two in the starting side, the other guys are really good, they played a good game plan. At the end of the day, a lot of people have been saying to me, so what? I don't want to buy tickets for that anymore. I don't want to sign up for that anymore. We love the Wallabies and we'll support them. But the time for talk is over and the time to stand up and start thinking about winning the match in front of them and playing to their abilities and getting the basics right, I think that's what it's come down to. Mm. So it's a pretty tough sell now for Rugby Australia and for Suncorp Stadium to, to get as many people in as they can for the uh, Blittislow number four this Saturday night, isn't it? And I asked Adam the question, you know, he played 27 times for the Wallaby and as we sat up in the box discussing it, I said to him, how, how much do you think these players downstairs in the dressing rooms who are trying to focus on beating the best team in the world and focus on 80 minutes, how much do you think they're aware of the importance of this match? And I guess... Badge and Sats, if I asked you that before a game, before a grand final, anything, you'd probably tell me to nick off. I'm just thinking about winning the footy match. Mm. And that's completely understandable. So, you know, they're in an interesting position here. What do you do? Do you go to the players and say, hey, guys, we've got to start winning? Because when the Wallabies start winning, Australian rugby goes great. So we've got to start winning here and we've got to, we've got to start putting these performances on the board. Um, it, it's teetering on a really interesting precipice at the moment and it will be a hard sell but all they've got to do really is come out and put a performance up that I think the Australian public says you know what you guys gave it your all you guys are a well-oiled team the stuff that you said pre and post you backed up and sure you got beaten but you got beaten by a better team we'll buy a ticket to that we'll be on board with that Um, but you know (laughs) the, the golden ticket is always 
winning a test match and winning a test mm. match against the Kiwis at the moment is a bloody hard thing oh. to do. And I wonder how much it jeopardises the uh, the new TV rights deal that apparently is is being done. Hey, Dave Rennie, what sort of a job is he doing? Is he is he there for the long haul or is he under pressure now? Oh, look, he's under pressure, but you know we've got to remember this is only a team under his tenure is only three matches old. You know, they've only played three matches together. So we can certainly cut him a lot of slack. And, and every man, you know, to a T that I've spoken to or better judges than me in the game of rugby have said to me that Dave Rennie is the right man for the job at this time. Um, he's invested a lot in, in telling the story and, and making sure that he understands the culture of not just the Australian team, the Australian psyche, but also the Australian people. He's spoken to everybody. He's fascinated by our culture and what it means to the players. So he's putting in place a whole stack of stuff behind the scenes, if you like, to get this team um, all as one, all doing the same thing, all on the same page and representing Australia the right way. So I've got no problems with that whatsoever because one thing you can't question is the passion and commitment of this team. You know, they're not going out there on purpose to lose matches. That's just not happening. They're they're busting Mm. their backsides here and they're getting bashed, you know, (laughs) in doing it. So... Um, Dave Rennie's job, to me, is is to get these basics back on track because the drop balls the other night, the missed tackles at Eden Park, are simple things that you are taught when you first grab a rugby ball in your hand. It doesn't matter what type of footy it is. As soon as you get it, control the ball, catch and pass, simple things like that. And it appears when you watch these guys that, that there's something fundamentally missing here. Is it the schoolboys rugby path? hasn't taken them through the school of hard knocks of club club rugby. I don't know, but there's a, there's a, there's a flaw there that they have to fix to get the basics right. And then let that cultural stuff come in and then let the passion take over because the skills are there, the players commitments there, they've got everything around them, but there's a missing piece. And, and I think if you look at what New Zealand did on Saturday night and you look at what Australia did, we should be looking at that tape and looking at them for lessons learned because the way that they controlled the play, the way they dictated the terms of the play, and the way that they held the ball, they stayed in their tackles, they did the basics right. Um, I think a lot of people sort of missed the basics, you know, if I know what I mean, if you know what I mean when I talk about New Zealand, because they're so damn good and they cut you apart. But they only do that because they're getting the little things right in the first place. And that's the job for Dave Rennie, and I think that will be the key to him, whether or not he's a success or not as, as Wallaby's coach. Yep, absolutely. Hey, Matt, well said. We better let you go. Um, hopefully, we can take a step in the right direction. I think beyond our wildest dreams, will they turn it around and beat the All Blacks on Saturday? But you never know. You've got to be in it to win it. Matt White from <laughs> Rugby Nation. Have a great call Saturday, and, uh, and thanks for joining us thanks, on Sports Matty. Day. Thanks, guys. That loss hurts. So I'm looking forward to uh, watching it bounce back because it, it, it really hurt them. So they'll be stinging to put in a good one at Suncorp. This is Off The Bench. We'll be back soon for Bob Jane T-Mart's number one tyre and wheel specialists. Celebrating 40 years of state of origin with Brighton's Lawyers, we take a journey through Greater New South Wales in towns of origin, celebrating where some of the greatest origin players to proudly wear blue hail from. Newcastle is home to Brighton's Lawyers and Blues player Matty Johns. The 5'8 played 176 games for his home team of Newcastle Knights. He then had a stint at Wigan overseas and then back in the NRL at the Cronulla Sharks. From 1995 to 1998, Johns played four games 
Awards for the Almighty Blues. He was also capped nine times for Australia. Bryden's Lawyers are the major partner of the Bryden's Lawyers New South Wales Blues. At Bryden's Lawyers, we do more for you because we care. Call us today, 1800 848 848. We're back. This is Off The Bench for Bob Jane T. Mars, tyre and wheel specialists. It's our final segment for this weekend. It is Off The Bench and Trent Copeland, the 34-year-old New South Wales quick bowled his best figures and, in fact, bowled the best he's ever done in his life against Queensland when they won a thrilling one-wicket Sheffield Shield match last week. He caught up with Badge and Sats. Got on the line. The star for New South Wales, they beat... uh, they beat Queensland, the Bulls, by a wicket. Um, Trent Copeland on the line, five for five for seventeen off his eighteen overs. Outstanding stuff. Hey, Trent, thanks for joining us on Sports Day. No worries. A little precursor to the Origin, I reckon. <laughs> oh, please <laughs> don't start. Good work. Good work. Don't start. I know you're a uh, you're Queensland. You're a New South Wales country boy, aren't you? So you'd uh, you'd have a bit yeah, of blue running Bathurst, through mate. your veins from Bathurst. There you go. So, big afternoon or big couple of days for you. How was the ice bath after the game? You crack open a cold beer as well after that victory? Yeah, cold beer in my hand as we speak. And, yeah, very hard earned from the boys. I thought it was a brilliant performance. But also, just a brilliant game of four-day cricket, to be honest. It's what I really am passionate about. Uh, Sheffield Shield cricket in this country is so important to Australian success. And I thought it was a fantastic cricket wicket. Um, and both teams went hard at each other. Uh, mm. Lots of bumpers bowled by the quicks, and um, <laughs> Mitch Swepson and Marnus Lavishane from the Bulls in particular were really good, and, yeah, I thought our team collectively were brilliant. Yeah, Trent, you just touched on how passionate you are about Sheffield Shield, I should say, but it must must be warming to your heart, the exposure that Sheffield Shield has had this season. It seems to be on the back of the announcement of the Indian Tour, but also the postponement of the of the World Cup T20. So it's all about Sheffield Shield cricket. Yeah, look, and, and kudos to uh, KO and Fox Sports for, for getting the, the coverage on air and, and really backing it. Uh, I think there's a bit of a hole in live sports coverage at the moment, um, certainly every day when it comes to Shield cricket, being there for the purists, there for the people that really care about four-day cricket and, and test cricket. Um, and, you know, ultimately, it is as good as it's ever been, in my opinion. And there's so many good players running around and doing their thing, particularly in this hub here in Adelaide. So, you know, guys like young Will Pekowski scoring a double mm. hundred, Cameron Green churning mm. out runs, taking a couple of wickets with the new ball today as well. So, look, there's guys doing their business, putting their hand up for that Indian tour and also those ODIs and T20s that have already been selected. Now, let's get back to you. Come on. Your second <laughs> innings was outstanding. Five for 17. Uh, one stage, you were five for seven. Um, 12 maidens, 15 overs. Um, and, um, you had an amazing debut in your Sheffield Shield. Where does this rank now that you're 34? Yeah, look, I was, we've actually just been sitting in having a beer talking about that. I think it's honestly the best I've ever bowled. Um, you know, collective being a full day of bowling, you know, I might have bowled better in little spells here and there, but uh, yeah, that one certainly stacks up on the wicket that we we're playing on, not offering a great deal, and certainly it's been batter-friendly conditions here in Adelaide. So, yeah, I'm really proud of it, and, and most importantly, that we went on to finish the job and got a win out of it. Yeah. Well, you talk about best ever. Did you uh, did you buy a beer, or did you open one for Curtis Patterson? That catch. 
Uh, was your third slip? <laughs> How outs off your bowling? How outstanding was that? Yeah, look, outstanding. I, unfortunately, I played club cricket with KP. He's one of my good mates. Played golf with him a lot. I'm sitting next to him in in the rooms as we speak. He just doesn't <laughs> okay. shut up about it. It's just one of those speckies <laughs> where it's like Jezelenko. We'll be hearing about this for ten years. <laughs> The great but catches. No, in all seriousness, it was a, a, a ripper of a catch. And in the, in the moment of the game, um, you know, Matty Renshaw and Usman had put on a really good partnership. And that really broke the back of it and got into their lower order. So not, not just that, but non-dominant hand, low to the ground to his left, full length. If you haven't seen it, go, go check it out. It's a specky. Absolutely. Hey, Trent, we've got to go. A break is coming up. We really appreciate your time on great Sports chat. Day, mate. And uh, well done again, New South Wales cheering you on, and uh, hopefully you won't have as much luck on Wednesday night with your, with your Blues. Ah, come on the Blues Wednesday night. This has been another edition of Off the Bench. Thanks to Bob Jane T-Marts. Buy three, get one free on Bridgestone's Ecopia passenger and SUV, bobjane.com.au. We'll catch you Monday nights for Sports Day. Have a great weekend.